So all that being said, I want to share with you today, we're going to kick off a series called 20 for 20. 20 for 20 uh, is we are going 20 days in our fast as we cap off 20 years. Uh, as we finish 20 years, we're actually going to end our 20th year as a church in a fast, which I think is pretty amazing. Usually between the fasting is something we do first, and we do. We do it at the first of the year, uh, but, but we actually get to finish strong. Uh, and I believe that how you finish is usually how you start. How you finish one thing is how you're going to enter into the next. So if we finish our 20th year strong, I believe God's going to be propelling us and launching us into year 21, into the next 20 years, into the next era, the next season of our church. And so we are going to finish strong. And so I'm going to do something very unusual for me. I think this is only the third time I've ever done this in, in my time of preaching, which is more years than I'd like to admit at this point. Uh, I've been, been, had the opportunity to share God's word for uh, over 18 years now. Um, I'm going to share with you 20 points today. Uh, so we're going to be on the gas. We're talking about fasting. We're going to fast. All right? Uh, so get your notepad ready. Get your notes app ready. Be ready to go. We're going to be on the gas. But I want to give you 20 reasons I should fast in 2024. And I made this personalized so you can preach this to yourself. So it's not just coming from me, but, but this is for all of us. Some of you have already written, no, I'm not fasting. Nope, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't have to fast. I'm already saved. I'm going to heaven. I don't need to fast. Okay? I understand that mentality. I was you for many years, but I've seen the impact in my life. Many of you know the story. Many of you don't. I, I apologize to those who have been part of City Church for a while because I'm going to share some stories that you've heard before. But there's a lot of new people in our church, uh, and I, I believe these stories will, will inspire them and impact them. So I'm going to share some stuff that I've shared before uh, in years past. But the, the very first time I did a Daniel fast was 2006. It was my first year here at the church. I was the youth pastor. And our founding pastor, uh, Pastor Jason at the time, he, he challenged all of us as staff, we're going to do a Daniel fast. Uh, and we started the Daniel fast, and I was single, I was a bachelor, and I had about this much discipline, if that. Uh, and so we started the Daniel fast, and I made it two and a half days, and my first Daniel fast ended in tears in a Taco Bell drive through True story. All right? Not proud of it. Not, not, not something that I say with any pride. Now I can look back on it and laugh because it was 18 years ago. But yes, I, I went through a Taco Bell drive-thru and I broke my fast uh, and I wept. I mourned uh, openly before the Lord in my shame, but I could not do it. So first of all, let me say this. There is no shame and no condemnation. If you try and you don't make it, it's okay. Don't let the enemy tell you, nope, you're not going to make it, so don't even try. Take that first step. If your first step is two and a half days, praise God, you made it two and a half days. That's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of the story. Praise God, that was not the end of my fasting story. I didn't try to fast again for like six years. Uh, I, I would see other churches fasting and hear about other people fasting. Like, nope, I can't do it. That's not for me. I don't do it. And in January of 2012, uh, my wife challenged me. She said, hey, I think we should do a Daniel fast. And I was like, you're going to do great, baby. Uh, <laughs> like, I believe in you. I will support you. I'll grocery shop for you. Girl, I'll do whatever you need. Uh, I was not on board at all, okay? Uh, and she said, I think, I think we really need to do this. We were at a crossroads in our life. We, we believed that God was preparing us for something. Uh, at that point in time, we had actually resigned our position as youth pastors at the church, and we were planning to move to Dallas. We were planning to then do some training and move to the West Coast to plant a church. And she was like, we need to fast. We need to seek God. We need to make sure that we are exactly in God's will and what we're doing. I said, I said I'll try it. And my faith was that small, okay? Uh, 
by God's grace and the power of accountability with an amazing wife, I made it more than two and a half days. In fact, somehow, some way, I made it 21 days. I still look back and I can't believe that it happened. Uh, but she challenged me that. In, in the midst of it, we did some other things. We decided we were going to read through the New Testament in, in, during this fast. So we did the whole New Testament uh, basically in 30 days, uh, a little bit past the fast. It was about 16 chapters a day. I had never read anything close to that much per day in the Word of God. But we just decided we're going all in. We're going to see God now. We're not challenging you to read 16 chapters a day this annual fast. If God takes you to that level, praise God. Uh, I think we're not taking you to that level uh, during this fast. We're going to challenge you to read about four chapters a day uh, over this fast. Um, but, but we did it, and, and, man, God just started doing stuff, started doing amazing things in our life. And I don't have time to tell you everything that he did in that season. I'll tell you just a, a couple of pieces of what he did. First and foremost, right about the time that that fast ended, the lead pastor of our church at that time, uh, Ricky Grant, came to us and, and said, hey, Lori and I are resigning. Would you guys like to take over the church? Uh, and literally, our immediate response was, nope. Uh, we don't need to pray about it. We know God's called us. Uh, we're moving. We're, we were already looking at apartments in Dallas. We're good. Thank you. Thanks, but no thanks. Um, but we were just finishing the fast. A couple days later, uh, Ricky calls me, and he says, look, it's about a week later. Uh, he says, talk to the board. Talk to the staff. Uh, everybody's decided the church is going to close. We're done. We tried. We swung and missed. He said, is there any way you guys would take it for six months just to keep the church alive long enough for the church to find another pastor to, to, keep, it, to keep it going? Um, and in that phone conversation, I heard an immediate yes from God. Not, a, not I need to seek God, not I need to pray about this, but I mean, right now I know. Um, there are very few times in my life where I've ever felt like I heard from God so directly as I did in that conversation. But I knew it, and I really believe the reason why I could hear so quickly and so clearly is because we had just fasted. Uh, I sat down with Mel when she got home from work and, and shared with her. Uh, and within a few moments, she said, call Ricky and tell him we'll do it. And I was shocked because I'm the more spontaneous one generally. My wife is more of the five-year plan, uh, and her plan was to get out of Mississippi, uh, if we're being honest. Uh, and so, and she was happy for that plan. Uh, and she said, no, we're doing it. Why? Because she had just been fasting. We heard from God together very, very quickly. Um, obviously, we didn't take the church for six months. God had a different plan. Uh, what he was preparing us for, the reason why we were training and studying and getting ready to lead pastor was he had it for us here. We had no clue. Um, but that was God's plan. And so he did that. In the, in, simultaneously in that, he called us to increase our giving. We had been 10% tithers. Both of us were raised as tithers. Both of us had parents who tithed. We were taught to tithe. It was never a challenge for us to tithe 10%. God said, you don't get to stay at 10% anymore. He took us from 10% to 15%. Um, that was a big jump, especially in that season in our life. We were not in a good place financially. We weren't really very, very good stewards of our finances, but we stepped out and we took the step to go from 10 to 15%. Literally within a couple of weeks of making that decision, my wife's job where she was working, she got a raise from $10 an hour to $15 an hour. The exact percentage jump that we made, it was, it was like God was just just breathing on it. He was just saying, I am in this. Um, I am for you. I'm going to take care of you. And by God's grace, we've been able to, to increase our giving every year since then. Not 5%. We've never gone up that much since then. But we've gone up at least a half percent every year 
since then because we believe that, that God always shows up. He just always takes care of us. He just always moves in the midst of it. And so fasting is really special to me, but it's become really special to our church. I, I could let a few of you get up here and, and share your testimonies and the impact that fasting has made in your life as we've been able to do this together over the last few years. So that's probably more time in the introduction than I'm supposed to spend for a 20-point message. Uh, so buckle up. We're about to be, be, be moving quickly. But I want to give you 20 reasons I should fast in 2024. Very, very quickly, I want to mention this. There's a couple awesome books on fasting by a guy named Jensen Franklin. Jensen Franklin is pastor of a church in the Atlanta area, uh, Gainesville, Georgia. Um, and he uh, has written a book called Fasting and another one called The Fasting Edge. I highly recommend both of them. Uh, last, I knew we had both both of them in our church library, which is in the hallway by the office, but we only had one copy of each. So whoever gets there first, finders keepers. Um, the rest of you, they are available on Amazon. I, I would highly recommend if you need some help, you need some resource, you need some more encouragement on this, we're going to spend one Sunday talking about this. We're not doing the whole series on fasting, just today on fasting. So if you need some more some more meat, um, this, because you ain't going to be eating any, uh, th this will... <laughs> That wasn't planned. Uh, but <laughs> this will be a great resource to you, either of those books. All right, number one reason, I'm going to give you uh, almost three little mini messages here. The first four points are going to go together and spell fast. The second four points are going to go together and spell fast. And the last 12 points are just random, and we'll get through them together. 20 points, 20 reasons we should fast, 20 for 20. Here we go. Number one, fasting fortifies my spirit. It fortifies my spirit. What does that mean? It makes you stronger. It builds up strength. It builds up resistance. Jesus, and we'll get to it in a little bit. I told you to go to Matthew chapter 4. Jesus fasts before he gets tempted. I don't think there's a coincidence then. It actually says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. He knew the temptation was coming. And he knew as the temptation came, Jesus' spirit needed to be built up. It needed to be stronger. So even though it weakens your flesh, and trust me, it will weaken your flesh. It will fortify your spirit. The whole point of fasting is to strengthen your spirit and destroy your flesh. Because we operate at a much higher level of, of flesh than we like to admit. Uh, and you'll, you'll discover it when you fast. You'll discover how important your flesh is to you. How much your flesh actually rules in your life. You won't love it. But it's very important for us to learn to, to crucify our flesh, to deny our flesh, and allow our spirit to increase. Fasting is, in my opinion, the best way to do that. Uh, anytime people come to me, man, they're facing a big decision, they're at a crossroads, they don't know what to do, I'm like, man, you guys need to fast. You need to fast, you need to fast. Fasting isn't just something we do in January as a church. It's a great thing for us to do it corporately, but this is a tool that I believe the modern church so often ignores. Man, as, as believers, this, we, we're not good at this, because it's not fun to the flesh. Uh, it's not easy, uh, and so we think it's not easy, so I shouldn't do it. The reality is it's not easy, so I need it. Man, God's called me to it. It will fortify your spirit. It will strengthen your spirit. Number two, fasting accelerates spiritual processes. Just shared with you our story of, man, hearing from God so clearly and so cleanly and so quickly. If there are things you want to happen in your life, fasting will literally empower you to see them happen faster. You got an issue with addiction? You got an issue with, with something you're in bondage to? The shortest route between where you are and freedom, I believe, is fasting. Because fasting fortifies your spirit and it denies your flesh. 
And so if you've got something, whether that something is, is socially acceptable like caffeine or that something is some hidden deep dark secret like pornography or it's a substance addiction or whatever in between, if you've got social media, right? I don't care what that addiction is. If you've got a bondage to something, if something's got a hold on you, fasting will accelerate your spiritual process. It'll empower you to make steps much more quickly. I've seen it time and time and time again. I grow more in the fast in January generally than I do pretty much the rest of the year combined. Uh, and oftentimes, it's not the only time. In fact, our, our goal is to fast at least twice a year. Once we take it corporately, once we try to do it on our own, we don't make that goal every year. In fact, I don't think last year I fasted another time, if I'm being honest. I'll be transparent. I think I missed it. I think I got distracted and I didn't fast. So I think it's been a full year since I fasted. But most of the time, we find another time where we're going to fast. And I highly recommend doing it, not, not just together, uh, but this is a great start. If you want to learn to do it, do it together because you're going to have support. You're going to have encouragement. Uh, this, this is a great time to take that step. Thirdly, fasting shakes up the routine. Why do I need to fast in 2024? Because it shakes up the routine. It's so easy for us as believers to get in a spiritual rut, to hit a spiritual plateau. One of the things that breaks my heart about the modern American church is the stereotype of us as believers is we get saved and we're on fire for Jesus for six months or a year or two years, but we eventually hit a point where we just kind of settle. And that's who we are as believers. And for a long, long time, we will be at that same place. And I don't think it has to be that way. I don't think the most fruitful time of your walk with Jesus is supposed to be the first year. I don't think it is. I think we're supposed to keep leveling up, to move from glory to glory. I believe God's got greater things in store for us. And so how do we get to those greater things? We can't just settle for what we've always done. we got to shake up the routine. we got to do something different. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. And I'm not satisfied with always getting what I've already got from Jesus. I want more. I want more in 2024. And that rhymes, and I didn't plan for that either, but that's okay. It shakes up the routine. How many of us in this room, if we're real honest right now, we are in a spiritual, maybe not rut, but just kind of going through the motions, just kind of doing the same thing we've been doing? And I don't say that to shame you or condemn you because I have been there. I get it. But the fastest way out of that is fasting because you are going to do a whole lot of things that aren't part of the regular routine. It is intentionally changing things up. Uh, number four reason I should fast in 2024, it takes out the trash. I kind of already stole from this one, talking about accelerating spiritual processes. But if you got junk that you need to get rid of, and I'm not talking about that extra dad bod, Pastor Noah. Uh, this is not a diet. This is not a hunger strike. This is something totally different. Will it help in those ways? Yes. If you're trying to get in shape, it will make it benefit that way. But do not fast because, man, I chose to just, I'm, I'm going to get in shape this year. Fast for your spirit, okay? Your body will come along. Your spirit's more important. If your spirit will lead, your body will follow. Uh, but, but that's not the purpose. But, yes, it will take out some trash. It will take out some things in you that don't belong. If you got issues going on in your thought life, if you got just, just things that patterns and, and frustrations, man, there's something about fasting that's unlike anything else that I've ever experienced that will help you to get control of those things and get them 
Get them under control. Take out that trash. All right, second set of four points. Uh, this one is a special subset. These are four reasons I love the Daniel Fast. I'm just going to share with you four reasons I love it. Um, and this will also spell fast, and then we'll get to just 12 extra reasons, 12 bonus reasons. All right, number five, I'm still going to put it first person so you can preach it to yourself. The Daniel Fast or fasting will freshen up my love for Jesus. You ever got in a, maybe not cold, but just kind of lukewarm love for Jesus phase? And you know what? I know he saved me. I know he did something for me, but, but I've got a whole lot of other things on my mind. Revelation tells us, man, to repent and return to our first love. If you're lukewarm today, if you're mediocre in your faith today, again, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to put you down. It's the rule rather than the exception. And that breaks my heart that that's the truth. There are far more Christians that their love for Jesus is just kind of tepid right now. It's just kind of mediocre. It's just kind of lukewarm. They're Christians that are on fire for God. But the world needs a church that loves Jesus. Your family needs a dad who loves Jesus. They need a mom who loves Jesus. Our church needs men and women who love Jesus. Your workplace needs somebody who loves Jesus. And fasting will freshen up your love for Jesus. It will help you to fall in love with him again. It will return you to your first love. Why are those first couple years so much more productive stereotypically than the rest of the time? Because those first couple years are the years where we love Jesus the most. It's a time where we're most amazed by what he's done for us. It doesn't have to lose his power. It doesn't have to lose his impact. We just got to continue to lean in. We got to continue to let him do new things in our life, man. When he's doing something, when we see him moving, it increases our love for him, our affection for him, our closeness with him, our intimacy with him. And so fasting, for me, freshens up my love for Jesus. It's the reason why I do it every year. Because, man, holidays get busy. Stuff starts happening. People start getting sick. Got sickness going around. We got all this other stuff, and it's distracting, and, and it's so easy to lose sight of, man, Jesus is amazing. And he's worth it. It will freshen up your love for Jesus. Let me give you a little sub point here. I believe this so strongly. Where I invest, I gain interest. Where I invest, I gain interest. Hypothetically speaking, some of you are investors, some of you are not. But just imagine for a minute that, that for Christmas somebody gifted you 200 shares of stock in, we'll say, Procter & Gamble. I don't know anything about Procter & Gamble stock. I don't know anything about products that Procter & Gamble is developing or what they have new. But I guarantee you if I had 200 shares of Procter & Gamble stock, I'd be a little more interested in what's going on with Procter & Gamble. It just happens. Where you're invested, you're interested. Why does fasting freshen up my love for Jesus? Because I'm investing. I'm putting my heart into it. Like there's sacrifice. There is something coming out of me that, that, that isn't going into anything else but my walk with God. And when I'm prioritizing that walk with God, I'm putting into my walk with God. I'm investing there. My interest follows. All of a sudden, the things that Jesus cares about, I care about a little bit more. My heart follows his heart because where I invest, I'm interested. I gain interest where I invest, so it freshens up my love for Jesus. Number six, second reason why I love the Daniel Fast is it awakens my appetite for God's word. It awakens my appetite for his word. It's easy to get into a rut in the word of God. It's easy to get into a routine. It's easy to start checking a box on a reading plan. And, and when I do the fast, I always take up, I always read more. And, and it increases my appetite. In fact, it's, I think what the way it's designed is, I'm denying my physical appetite so that my spiritual appetite I become more aware of. The reality is my spirit always desires God's word. 
It always hungers for God's word. It's just that most of the time I'm not listening to my spirit. I'm listening to my stomach. And don't get me wrong. You're going to hear your stomach over the next 20 days. Your stomach is going to make some noise. Uh, but we're going to deny that voice and lean into a different voice. And it's going to increase our appetite for the word. Number seven, it strengthens my willingness to sacrifice. What is sacrifice? Sacrifice is simply giving up something that I love for something that I love more. Tomorrow night, for the first time since I was 11 years old, my University of Washington Huskies will play for the opportunity for a national championship. And I will not have any wings. I will not have any pizza. I scheduled the Daniel Fast to start on the day of the college football national championship. I did that. This was my plan. I was in charge of the calendar. I did this to myself. Okay? Uh, what am I doing? And trust me, I have already done the bargaining with myself. You can start a day late. Right? Like, it's okay. Nobody has to know. Uh, it's between you and God. You've fasted for 12 years. You can take a day. Like, I have heard that voice more than once. Okay? <laughs> that I will not do. I have, tried to, I have tried the cauliflower wings on the Daniel Fast before, and uh, I'd rather fast. Uh, so <laughs> it does not work for me. If it works for you, praise Jesus. Uh, it's a lie from Satan, in my opinion. Uh, that is not a wing. It's not a chicken. Uh, so I was so excited to try and say, I was like, this is going to get me through. It's a whole new thing. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, the reality is God calls us to a lot of sacrifice. Pastor Noah just shared a passage with us. Jesus laid down his life for us, and in the same way, we're called to lay down our lives for others. The Christian walk, yes, it's a blessed walk. Yes, it's a walk of fulfillment. It's a walk of joy, but it is a walk of sacrifice. And many times, we don't like to sacrifice. We live in a culture that is so self-driven, that is so me, 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 that is so consumeristic. And it gets hard for us to give something up. And the Daniel Fast calls me to intentionally sacrifice. Not to wait for something to come around where it's like, okay, I guess I'll do this. But you know what? I'm, I'm choosing at the beginning of the year. I'm making a sacrifice first. giving up something that I love for something that I love even more. And that's my walk with Jesus. It strengthens my willingness to sacrifice. The, the next point here is it trains me to put God first. It trains me to put God first. What am I doing? I'm literally putting him first in my year we got a reading plan and a prayer plan. You can do it whatever time in your day, but I recommend you do at least part of your reading and prayer plan in the morning. Put him first in your day. Find that opportunity, man. Prioritize him early. It's going to train you to put him first. What I'm going to do, and you can do it however you want to, we're going to take you through. Uh, we're going to read through the books of Daniel and Esther in the Old Testament, one chapter a day, mostly in the Old Testament. I think there might be two days where we read two chapters. We'll read one chapter a day in the New Testament in the book of John. We're going to read all the way through the book of John. So we're going to read all three of those three books. And then we're also going to read a, a chapter from Psalms and a chapter from Proverbs every day. So that's going to be our reading plan. So me, and you can break it up however you want, my plan is I'm going to read one chapter in the Old Testament and a Psalm in the morning. And I'm going to do my John and Proverbs in the afternoon or evening. That's, that's how I'm going to do it. You can do it all at once. You can spread it out three times a day or four times a day. Like, if you go four times a day, my guess is you ain't going to make it because uh, you, you're, you're going to miss one of those times. Something's going to come up. Uh, but figure out what works for you and, and, and prioritize that time. But I encourage you, find some time early in the day. 
Train yourself to put him first. The earlier we do it, the more time you give the Holy Spirit to work on it through your day. Man, to bring it up, to, to teach you something, to chew on it. Uh, to, Joshua talks about meditating on God's word day and night. And the picture there is the picture of the cow chewing the, the cud. Man, chewing it, swallowing it, and bringing it right back up. And you're not going to be chewing and swallowing stuff, so you might as well chew on the word of God. Right? All right. I'm way behind. Number nine, we got to go fast. Jesus fasted. There you go. Why should I fast? What are we called to do? We're called to be imitators of Jesus. Jesus fasted. Now, we've come probably the furthest I've ever made in a message without actually taking you to the Word of God. So I apologize. I'm a preacher of the Word of God. I'm called to do the Word of God. Let me take you to the Word of God. Matthew chapter 4 says this. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. There's a whole lot to unpack in that one verse. The Holy Spirit led Jesus to his temptation. He had to go through that temptation. He had to be able to identify with us. He had to overcome what Adam could not. Adam could not resist temptation, so Jesus had to in order for us to be able to be free from sin. So the Holy Spirit led Jesus to his divine appointment with temptation. If you step into the Daniel fast, I promise you, you can come face to face with some temptation. It's going to come. I've shared this story with many of you before, but I'll tell on myself again for those who never heard it before. Years ago, one of the first years we did the Daniel fast, I don't know, it was maybe year four or three, somewhere in there, uh, maybe five, I don't know. Anyway, we, ha we had kids by this point in time. Uh, and so Daniel fast with kids is a whole extra layer uh, of complexity because we don't force our kids to do this. You can make that decision between you and God. We don't because we feel like, man, this needs to be an act of their will. Uh, we're not, they're not ready to take that step, so we don't force them. You can do what, if God leads you to take, make your kids do it, praise God. Uh, it's not, not a step we've taken. So the challenge is now we've got food around that's not Daniel Fast approved. Uh, and so one day I'm literally, and this is the most embarrassing, maybe the most embarrassing moment of my life. Um, I, I was getting some goldfish for my son. And all of a sudden those goldfish started talking to me. This is like day, day 10 of the Daniel Fast. And I broke my fast goldfish not a steak not a milkshake like I broke my fast for a stupid little child snack it happened okay now I repented and then God made me not just repent to him I had to tell my wife how humiliating that is hey baby I know you've been sacrificing for 10 days and have denied every opportunity to eat, but I just had 12 little goldfish. <laughs> High five. Uh, not my finest moment. There's temptation that will come, I promise. Here's the great thing. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The lie of the enemy, if you fall on the fast, the lie of the enemy is, well, you blew it. It's over. The word of God says the righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. I believe you can make it 20 days without falling. I've done it many, many times without falling. There's some times where I fell. Um, don't just give up because you gave in. Please don't give in to goldfish. If you give in, give to something better. I have a better story than that. Um, there's going to be some temptation. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The good thing is Jesus didn't give in. And the same Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus lives in you. 
has the same power to resist that he had. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, we're not doing 40, we're doing half of that. We're doing 20 and we're eating. Jesus did nothing but water. Maybe one day we'll get to that point. I'm not to that point yet. <laughs> Daniel fast is hard enough for me. Uh, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. The first temptation Jesus faced, and he faced three. The first one he faced was the temptation of the stomach. Isn't that informative? Isn't that amazing? Because here's what a lot of us will do. We're like, oh, I don't, I don't need to fast food. I'm going to fast social media. I don't need to food, fast food. I'm going to fast such and such a TV show. I'm, I'm not going to fast Netflix. Right? If God calls you to fast Netflix, fast Netflix. But fasting literally means, in the Hebrew, it literally means to cover the mouth. Every fast in the Bible is related to food. Why? Because food is the strongest temptation in any of our lives. And if you don't believe me, try it. Just try it. Make it, make it to day five and tell me the strongest temptation in your life isn't food. You just don't realize the power, the pull that it has on your life until you begin to deny it. And that's why it's so important is if you can get control over food, you get control over anything. You can overcome anything if you can get this one, and I believe you can get this one. Why do I fast? Because Jesus fasted. I'm a follower of Jesus. All right. Number nine. Jesus, so number nine is Jesus fasted. Number ten, Jesus said his disciples would fast. Got real quiet. Not our modern American Christian perspective of Christianity. Jesus said, my disciples would fast. Let me show it to you a few chapters later in the book of Matthew chapter 9. Said, then John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? These are John the Baptist's disciples. Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. Jesus said, when I'm not physically with my followers, they'll fast. This implies something really awesome. It means we don't have to fast in heaven. No fasting in heaven. We're rejoicing in heaven. We're with Jesus in heaven. But until Jesus returns, until that day comes, there's something for us in fasting that is implied for his disciples. If you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus' expectation is that you'll fast. And it gets really quiet when you preach that. We get fired up for the other things Jesus said, but man, fasting, nobody gets excited for it. I get it. I don't get excited for it either in my flesh, but my spirit gets really excited, really excited. I look forward to this because I know the impact that it has. Number 11, why should I fast in 2024? Because I want a more meaningful relationship with God. I'm just going to prophesy that one over each and every one of you. Will you put that next one up for us, Stacey? Number 11, I want a more meaningful relationship with God. Why do I trust that that is that true for you? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. If God's Holy Spirit is in you, there is a part of you that wants a deeper walk with Jesus. There just is. And you may have ignored that voice and turned a deaf ear to that voice. You may have tried and failed and got to a place where you just accepted this is just who I am as a believer and this is as far as I'll ever go. But deep down inside of you, there is a desire for something more in your walk with God. I promise there is. And if there's not, it probably means you haven't yet received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because if you have, then the Holy Spirit lives in you. And the Holy Spirit's job is to point you to Jesus, to drive you to Jesus, to encourage you into a closer, more meaningful relationship with Jesus. So I believe you want a more meaningful walk with God. 
And I believe this is a great, it's not the only way, but I believe it's a great way to get there. Number 12 reason why I should fast is because 2024 is a big year. It's a big year. Why is it a big year? Well, obviously, it's a big year. We're celebrating 20 years. We're, we're hitting our anniversary. we got some amazing, amazing stuff that we're going to be able to share with you over the next few weeks as we get into our new series starting on the 28th. I can't even wait to be able to share some of the testimonies and the things that God has done in your life. 2024 is a big year. It's also an election year. Our nation is going to choose its next president. It's a big deal. Israel is at war with Hamas. That's a big deal. God calls us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So there's a lot going on right now that, that this year is important. Every year is important. Every day is important. But there's some specific things going on that I believe make this year significant. The last time our church was as strong of a place as it is right now. With the momentum, with man, seeing people saved, seeing people signing up for baptism, seeing people joining the church. The, the last time we were at this place was February 2020. You know what we were headed into then? We had no idea. I'm not saying this is going to be the worst year of your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't believe it is. Uh, I don't think we're going back through 2020 in Jesus' name. Uh, I know if we were to go through something like that, we'd do some things differently as a church. I know I've learned some things, but, but I do believe it's a big year. I believe it's a year we need to be prepared for. 13, just tying right together for that, is that we need to prepare for attack. I should fast in 2024 because I want to be prepared for attack. I don't know what the enemy's attack is going to be, but I do know this. He's not happy with the way our church is growing. He's not happy with the way our people are growing. He's not happy with the way new people are stepping into new callings. He's not happy with the impact that is being made in people's lives. And so he's going to do something to try to derail us. He's going to do something to try to distract us. And so I want to be ready. I don't want to wait until the attack comes and then be like, okay, let's rally the troops. Let's get ready. Let, let's figure out what we got to do. I'd rather be prayed up. I'd rather be trained up. I'd rather be Holy Spirited up and ready when that attack comes. And I think you would rather be too. That's right. That's right. Stay ready so you ain't got to get ready, Miss Teresa said. Hallelujah. I made that grammar worse than she did. But uh, 14, I am capable of more than I realize. You know you're capable of more than you realize? There is more spiritual strength in you than you give yourself credit for. You have more self-discipline than you realize. How do I know that? Because the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. Who lives in you? The Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, God has given you the ability to walk in self-control. That's the fruit. That's the evidence that he's there. Now, it doesn't just happen. It happens when I lean into the Holy Spirit, when I let the Holy Spirit speak into my life and produce fruit in my life. That's what it is. It's not a checklist. It's not, I got to get more self-control. It's the more Holy Spirit I get, the more Holy Spirit, more of my life I give to the Holy Spirit, the more self-control pops off in my life. But if you'll fast, you're going to give a whole lot more to the Holy Spirit than you have before, and you're going to start to see some fruit of self-control produced in your life. Number 15, it's only 20 days. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. One day less than usual as we celebrate our anniversary, but it, it's only 20 days. 20 days, I did the math, is 5.5% of my year. It's not even a tithe of your year. It's like a half a tithe. Okay? Is, is it, is a, does it feel long? Yeah. It's going to feel long. Do feelings lie? Absolutely. They lie to us all the time. It's only 20 day, days. You can do it. Jesus did 40. We can do half of that. It's 20 days. 16, 
I should fast in 2024 because God is worth it. He's worth it. He's worth the focus. He's worth the prioritization. He's worth the first part of my year. He's worth me denying myself for his glory. If he produced nothing in my life through the fast, it would be worth it to honor and glorify him. He produces a lot in my life. There's a ton of benefits. But if all it did was bring him glory, it would be worth it because my God is worthy. You know that's what worship means? It means to assign worth. Fasting is an act of worship, man. It's, it's fun to get in here and worship together. Which, by the way, I, I should have done this earlier, but shout out to Hunter for the message he brought last week. Our worship director, can we give it up for an honor? Thank you. Thank you. We talked about, man, how we make the old new. And the fast will do exactly that. Man, it will help you to make the old new, to revisit those memorials and, and bring new life to the things God's done in your life. Let him breathe on them again. Number 17, we should fast because they have made it so easy for me. I had to word that one funny uh, to make it first person. They have made it so easy for me. City Church has made it easy for you. And by City Church, I mean Miss Susan primarily because she's the one who did the hard work of printing all this off, of proofreading it, uh, and getting it ready for you. Um, these are awesome resources. They, they are in your hands. We have them on the website. All you have to do is go to the Daniel Fast tab at citychurchob.com. Click on that tab. Both of these PDFs are there for you to install on your phone or your computer. Take them with you wherever you go, your tablet, whatever it might be. We have made it as simple as possible, man, to, to resource you. There's, I, I believe, obviously, I'm biased, but I think this prayer guide is amazing. I, I think there's so much power. What, what we've done, if you haven't seen it, is we've given you a personal prayer and a corporate prayer each day. Now, we're not suggesting this should be all that you pray through the fast. These are just some specific things you, to help you. Um, but, man, I think there's power with us doing this stuff together. Let me just read you tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, if you've got to the, let's do this. Just grab this guide, Daniel Fast 2024, Prayer and Bible Reading Guide. Go to the back side of the first page, day one. So tomorrow, we're going to read Daniel 1, Psalm 1, John 1, and Proverbs 1. Easy, right? Chapter 1, it doesn't stay easy because then we're going to get to John 3 and 4 on day 3, and it throws the whole thing off. But to start out with, it's chapter 1 and chapter 2 for the first two days. So tomorrow's personal prayer. It says, lay out your expectations for the Daniel Fast before God. What do you hope to get out of this? How do you want to grow and be different by the end of it? If you've done the fast before, tell them what you are asking for that's unique to this year. If this is your first time, tell them your hopes and fears for the fast. So it's a guide. Here's how I'm going to talk to God about my personal situation. And then the corporate prayer. Lift up your church family as we begin the fast. Ask God to bless and strengthen those who fast to give us discipline as we sacrifice together for his glory. Pretty simple. But there's what, 100 people in this room? We have 100 people praying for each other tomorrow? What if you had 99 people praying for you? 99 people going before God on your behalf in one day. What, what, what would that look like? I don't think I'd usually have 99 people praying for me. I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I'm totally ignorant. I'm going to get to heaven and be like, wow, I had 1,000 people praying for me. I had no idea. I don't know. I, I'm fired up by the idea of 99 people praying for me. What if we had 99 people praying for us? What, what an impact could that make? I don't have time to go through all the rest of it, but I think this guide is, is pretty powerful. I think it's pretty exciting. The thing that we're going to have days where we pray for our country, pray for our president, pray for our mayor, pray for our governor, pray for our different uh, department leaders. Um, we're we're going to be praying for each other. Uh, and we've got some really, I think, powerful personal prayers on each day as well. They made it so easy. Number 18 reason why I should fast in 2024 is it will enhance my prayer life. Just kind of hit it right there. <coughs> If your prayer life is stale, 
If your prayer life is non-existent, if your prayer life is, is predictable and routine, it's going to shake that up in a really good way. Um, and it's going to be awesome. Number 19, it'll enhance my time in the Word. We already kind of hit on this, but just to reiterate it, uh, we, we've got awesome opportunities to read in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see the book of Daniel we're starting with because that's where the Daniel fast comes out of. You're going to see why, why did Daniel fast? What did God do through his fast? Uh, we're going to read the book of Esther, another section uh, of the Old Testament from the exile, uh, which is similar. We're going to see Esther fa- calls the fast for three days. Uh, and so Daniel fasts for 21 days, Esther fasts for three days. We're going to get a lot of stuff in the Old Testament about fasting as we read through these awesome stories of these men and women that God used uh, in, in massive ways. And then obviously the book of John, we're going to see Jesus. Uh, it'll enhance your time in the Word. Number 20, i got to make this, wrap this up. Doing this together produces synergy. First time we ever did the Daniel fast, 2012, it was just my wife and I. And then we actually invited another couple along with us who did it with us. I, I remember... We had them over one night during the fast, and we made uh, what we had discovered that year, our four bean chili. There's a recipe for it in the Food and Recipe Guide, which is at the Connection Center, if you didn't get that. Uh, but it's, it's life. Uh, it's not the most, like, tasty thing you've ever eaten, but it is full of protein. And the hardest thing for me on the Daniel Fast is protein. Uh, and so we make that chili, like, once a week uh, and, and get, like, four meals out of it uh, each time that we make it. And so we had them over, and we had chili together, and we watched a, a documentary about the way that God had moved in a church. And, and we just wept in our living room together as we fasted together, as we sacrificed together. No idea what God had in store. No idea where God was going to take us. Since then, we, we've been able to bring the church along and produce this synergy together. Man, it's powerful when we do this together, man. We're, we're moving in the same direction. We're reading the same things. We're con- having conversations about, man, what God showed us in this section of Scripture. We're praying the same stuff. It just it brings a togetherness for those who participate in it. And, and I know there's some of you who have already said, I'm not doing it. Just wrap this message up so I can get out of here and I don't have to hear about fasting anymore. Can I just tell you, set aside the stuff vertically between you and God. The horizontal aspect of this, the community that it brings, is powerful. It's impactful, man. If you feel distant, if you feel, man, it's hard for me to connect with the church. I don't, I don't really know anybody. If you will lean into this over these 20 days, I truly believe God will bring some life-giving relationships. Man, because it's just going to happen as we're moving together. You've got you to gotta share about it. You've got to let people know that you're doing it. Um, but, man, there's, there's community that's birthed out of it. As we come and, and share our stories, our testimonies on the 28th, man, there's something that it does. It increases our, our heart for each other, our love for each other, our respect for each other. We, we, I mean, I didn't even know that person was fasting. I, I didn't even know that person loved Jesus. Uh, and, you know, like, you find out some stuff, and it's good stuff. It's encouraging stuff. I have thought that before. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There, there, there were some people who did, man, God did some stuff, and I'm like, wow, I wasn't even sure they were saved. Uh, and and you, you see, man, incredible progress that people make. Um, it's a powerful thing. I got to shut up. Thank you for, for giving me your time. I'm sorry that I went over. This is something I'm so passionate about. I could talk about this for hours because of the impact it's made in my life, in my family, in my wife, in our church. Um, there, there, there are very few things in life I believe in more than fasting. Uh, and I truly believe if you will give it a shot, man. And, and let me say this too. Some of you have given it a shot before. I made it seven days. I made it 12 days, whatever. Just set a goal. I'm going beyond that. If I did seven before, I can go 12 this time. If I did 12 before, I can go 15. Like just, just be, what we want is growth. 
God's not after perfection, but he is after improvement, progress. And I believe if you'll do the fast, you will see progress. And you can see it. And I think you can do 20. I believe in you. That's just how it is. You're awesome. Uh, I can't wait to do this with you. Would you pray with me?